Hello there. Happy Monday evening, July 11th. Uh, happy 7-11 day to basically everyone. And uh, what a, <clears throat> a bad day, I should say, for the city of Pittsburgh. First, Heinz Field, the name change. And then obviously the big thing that we're going to talk about on today's show, that Evgeny Malkin is going to test free agency, which I would say more, more than likely that he is probably going to be playing on another team next year. I'm going to get all into that in the first segment, probably the second segment um, as well. Go, can go into you know what happens if he does leave. You know who is potentially going to replace him. Um, is there anyone that can actually replace him? And so much more for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Um, it's going to be a whirlwind to say the least. But um, let's jump right into it. I'm going to give all my thoughts and my analysis on this very upsetting situation. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I was about to record the show about 30 minutes ago. Then all of a sudden my poor puppy over here who has just been sick like a something for the last four days um, had an accident in his crate. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't know what's going on with him, but um, I think that just goes to show what he thinks of the Vianney Malkin, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins stuff. And let's jump right into it. So, you know, <clears throat> this day starts out fine. You know, you get the reports that Frank Saravalli saying that they've upped it to four years. Pierre Lebrun's saying that they've made progress. You know, I've been saying to myself, okay, you know, maybe a deal could be coming on Tuesday. It's all looking, you know, f- fine and dandy and all this stuff. But all of a sudden, you know, Darren Dreger just comes out with his big breaking news and, you know, originally when I first started reading, I'm like, oh my God, here, here's the contract agreement. And it's the complete opposite. Evgeny Malkin is going to test free agency for the first time in his career <clears throat> on Wednesday. And you know, then you just have, you know, the whole back and forth, obviously Penguins Twitter turned into a war zone. Um, and it's probably going to be a war zone for the rest of this week, to be honest with you all. And, you know, overall, when I sit back, when I really think about this stuff, you know, everyone in these negotiations is just stupid. You know, it, it should never have come to this point. I am putting the blame on everyone. Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, J.P. Barry, and Evgeny Malkin. All four of them, it, it's just, it, it's ridiculous that it's come to this point where one of the five, four to five greatest players to ever play for this franchise is going to test the market. I don't care what team it is. No player of that magnitude should ever be allowed to test the market. And you know, you know, I, I you know, I, I definitely, I, I would say, I'm more mad at the front office because you know you've had two months to do this. Full, full stop. You extended Jeff Carter during the season, which was pathetic and hilarious at the same time. You decided to extend Brian Rust first, which was even weirder. Then you decided to extend Casey to Smith, which, you know, okay, whatever. Then you get Crystal Tang, which is fine because, you know, he should be the bigger priority. 
<clears throat> over over Evgeny Malkin, and that's no slight to him. And then obviously Gino is going to feel like, wow, you know, where am I? And obviously that that leads to Rob Rossi writing his piece for the Athletic. You know, he should have been higher up on the priority list. And when you screw around with this kind of player, he's going to get ticked off. And, you know, they're, they're about to play pay the price for it when he goes to free agency and when he gets a lot of money. And then from Malkin's perspective, I'm also, I understand why he's doing what he's doing, but I'm also a bit miffed at him because, you know, he said during his press conference at the end of the season, oh yeah, you know, money, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm a rich guy. You know, money doesn't mean much for me and all this stuff. I want to play for three more years. Okay. So you said three years, which would go to the ends of Sidney Crosby's contract. They offer you a three-year deal for $6 million per, and maybe they can up it if they wish. You decline that. Reportedly, Mike DeFabo is saying that they upped the offer to four times 6.1. 6.1 is the same AAV that Chris Letang does. You decline that, and it's like, okay, what are you really looking for here in this deal? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> are you looking for something that's over $7 million? Are you looking for 7.5? You know, I know Rob Rossi is saying the opposite that, you know, they, they discussed a four-year term, but there was never an offer on the table. So you kind of have a little bit of a source off there, but you know, part of this just feels really weird because two sides are saying two completely different things. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It all comes back to my original point of how awful it is that it even came to this point. And, you know, we can talk about Hextall and them low-balling and all this other stuff. And, you know, if, if DeFabo is wrong with his report and Rossi is right with his three times six, then, you know, that could be a fireball offense for Hextallenberg because there's no reason to really not go to a fourth year. Um, you know, it's it's completely nonsensical that you can literally sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to stand – firm to this because I, I believe this and, you know, an extra year is really going to screw us up when we're going to be bad at that point. And you know, honestly, who really cares at that point? Cause Sid is just going to be 40 years old and he's going to retire, you know, in 2025, 2026. Um, you know, it's just like, like how can the Penguins ownership sit here and accept this? I mean, I read today from Josh Ewing, the athletic, he said, Hextall feels, you know, the pressure to get this done because the ownership wants all three of these players to retire. So the fact that, you know, Evgeny Malkin is probably not going to retire here now, that's going to leave, I think, a sour taste um, in everyone's mouth, fans, team executives, players, you know, everyone regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. You know, Maybe part of this, you know, I, I'm I'm probably going for a conspiracy theory here. Maybe part of this is a play by J.P. Barry to be like, hey, you know, now you see what the fans are saying, Ron. Why don't we give this another go? And then maybe they come to a deal. I'm skeptical of that, but, you know, I, I guess you never know. Um, but um, th this just reeks of people that, you know, they waited. They, oh, they all waited too long. Um, to really get down to business, especially uh, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. And now they're especially paying the price because he's going to get quite a few, I think, decent offers on the free agent market. You know, maybe, you know, the same thing happens with Gabriel Landeskog last year where he got, he fielded some offers in free agency 
One of them was the avalanche when he put up a seven times seven to him. He fielded some others, which I think were around the same length. And he went back to Colorado. You know, he said he was going to test free agency as fans got nervous. And then he ended up going back to them. And obviously they won the Stanley Cup this year. Maybe that happens here. Again, <clears throat> I am a little bit skeptical, but you know, I just, I can't imagine how everyone in the Penguins are feeling right now, especially someone like Sandy Crosby. I mean, he said so many times, it's, it's me and Gino, um, you know, and he's been reportedly pushing very hard for the Penguins to get this done. And Chris Letang, he's also been pushing to get this done. Um, he said it numerous times at his press conference during the NHL draft that, you know, he wants to retire with these other two players. He knows how much Gino has meant to the franchise. So to only it, it to only potentially see two of them retire here of the core, it's it's going to look really, really weird. It's just... You know, this again, I've now I've probably said this for at the 500 times already on this episode, but you know, it just feels like something that could have been very avoidable. And all parties involved, um, you know, it's just it, it, it's it's not right to me. You know, I, I feel sick to my stomach about it as someone who has watched this team for basically 20 years. Um, at that point, at this point, you know, it's something that easily should have been resolved either after the season or, you know, about a month ago or something like that. And the fact that there's an opportunity for him to potentially go to somewhere like Washington or New York and really stick it to the Penguins, um, you know, that, that makes it even more uh, sick. So, um, yeah, Ron Hextall, if, if, you know, this is square, this is on you, Brian Burke, this is on you. Evgeny Malkin, this is also partly on you for, you know, saying that, you know, you're not really that concerned about money, but yet reportedly, um, if Mike DeFabo was right, they had a four times 6.1 million offer on the table, which is very fair. And I also get where the Penguins, you know, that's the thing. I get where each side is coming from, you know, the, with the Penguins, you know, they, I know they are hesitant with him because of the injuries, his knee, the age, you know, they don't want, they Hope that he doesn't turn into just a, a player who puts up 30 points in 82 games. I get it. But he just he's coming off a point per game year. And then from Malkin's side, I understand how he's feeling right now. Maybe he's feeling, you know, low balled. He wasn't at the top of the uh, of the pecking order in terms of getting extended. I totally get that. And he has every right to go out there and see what he can get on the open market. You know, he's a free agent. You know, I think almost any player, you know, if they want to, you know, they can, you know, and they deserve to potentially see what they can get, even though it definitely hurts me. You know, I, again, I know I just said it shouldn't get to this point, but, you know, part of me also feels like, you know, Gino, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for him. This is the last time he's going to get paid for his initial career. So, you know, also why wouldn't he want to go to the free agent market? And again, he is going to get a lot of money from someone. Maybe it's four times seven, maybe it's three times 7.5, three times eight, but there are going to be teams that are going to be more than happy to outbid the Penguins with this. So that wraps up this first segment of today's episode. You know, I'm definitely just feeling gutted about it. You know, I feel sick to my stomach, um, but you know, this is, this is the world we're living in right now. And I think people are just going to have to start accepting that, there's a very high, high, very good chance that Evgeny Malkin is not going to be on this team next year. Now, <clears throat> our next partner has a product I use literally every day. 
I started taking athletic greens because, you know, didn't have time to work out in the morning. I wanted some more energy when I get up. You know, I wanted better gut health. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery focus, and your aging all of those things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. Also supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product irritations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. And that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com financial network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash financial network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So obviously I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about, you know, what's, what, what's the Penguins plans now? And, you know, to be frank with you guys, I don't know. You know, I, I know I put a tweet out, you know, it would be so... Ron Hextall to basically just go out, sign Vinny Trocek to a six-time six deal and be like, hey, guys, you know, we we made an attempt to replace Evgeny Malkin and all this other nonsense that you would hear when it goes into that deal. And also, I'll just say this, that will be a horrendous deal, um, j- 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 just saying. Um, you know, this, this, this entire thing is so freaking bizarre, um, to say the least. But, you know... That would not be good. I mean, you know, I think Vinny Trocek is a good player, but you know, 50 points, 80 games, is that someone that's worth six million per? Probably not. <clears throat> Again, you're not going to get Nazem Kadri. He's going to get a lot of money. Obviously, there's the JT Miller stuff out there, and um, I've heard through the grapevine that he wants to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. That's um, that's not um, an opinion. That's something that I have actually heard through the grapevine a little bit. So maybe you could trade for him, but you know, then you have to sign him to an extension and you have to give up stuff again. So are you really going to go through with that? You got Claude Giroux out there. That would be hilarious, especially if like Malkin went to like Washington or New York or Carolina and say, you know, the, the Penguins do sign Giroux. That's just a total, I'm not even calling it like a galaxy brain thing. It's just something that, you know, out of a, a, a different universe. To be honest, it would make sense because I do think Giroux um, is a very serviceable player and, and of the free agents out there that the Penguins can afford with the $15 million in salary cap space right now, um, I definitely think they would they could um, uh, sign him. But that's also if Giroux is willing to go um, to Pittsburgh. You know, obviously the Philadelphia Flyer-Pittsburgh-Penguin rivalry is very real still. So, you know, could it be like something like Marc-Andre Fleury? You know, I- I'm not really sure. But... If that would be an option. They can maybe explore other trade uh, opportunities. I think someone DM me today is asking me about like Patrick Kane of Chicago. I, I don't see that happening. Um, 
A, the Penguins are not going to be able to take on that cap hit, and B, um, I just I don't think it's um, I, I just don't think it's feasible. Um, even with their salary, even with 15 million in salary cap space, why are you trading um, for that kind of player when you also have other needs at forward too? So that that really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, uh, I, again, I, I, I don't know, man, but Gino's your best bet in free agency. It's it's I, I really don't get why the Penguins. You know, if, if the reports from Rob Rossi and a couple others are true, why they are so insistent on this potential three-year term? I just, you know, what 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 is a fourth year? You know, what is it really gonna do? Oh wow, you staying for that year? Who cares? Seriously, who cares? We all know the team is gonna flat out stink at that point. You can probably just LTI him anyway if he's really banged up at that point. And, you know, again, I understand the concerns with the age and the knees and the knees, excuse me, but I'll say it again. I think he's Evgeny Malkin is better than any realistic option that they are looking at on the open market. And honestly, he's probably going to be cheaper too. You know, I, I joke about the Vinny Trocek six times six thing, but in my head, I think he could get more than that. Would it really surprise anyone if he gets 6.5 to 7 million per? It's silly season here, Yens. There's a lot of stupid money that's thrown out on free agent frenzy day, which of course is coming up here um, in less than 48 hours. So I don't think anyone should be surprised if that is indeed the case. So I will continue to die on that hill. That should have been done by now. He's your best bet in terms of all the free agent options. Options, excuse me. When you look at centers and wingers who can play center, even when you look at trade options with JT Miller, because you you maybe only get one year out of him at that point, and then you're like, wow, what if he walks next year? And then you're really screwed because you gave up all those assets to get him, however much Vancouver wants in return. You only get one year out of him, and then he potentially walks. And yes, I know I just said that I've heard through the grapevine that he wants to be in Pittsburgh. So yeah, an extension could happen. But you know, with this regime, there is no guarantee. So I'll leave you all with that. And also, you know, do you all have confidence that Hextall and Burke are going to be the ones to really do well over this next week? I don't. Uh, I, I don't at all. Um, sure, they've gotten good value on Brian Rust. Got good value on Crystal Tang. Casey DeSmith's contract is whatever. Made some decent free agent signings last year, but you know, the Jeff Carter contract, the Jared McCann situation, all this other stuff adds up. And it's just like, you know, what you have is maybe an average to a below average general manager who is going to make a lot of people mad in less than 48 hours. You know, when when he is announced at games at PBG Paints Arena you are probably going to hear a deafening amount of boos. They are going to be ridiculously loud because he's going to be known for his tenure with the Penguins as the one who let Evgeny Malkin slip through his fingertips. That's what he's going to be known by. You know, will he be known by for signing Chris Tang? Sure. You no, know, that's you know, will he be known for probably having Cindy Crosby retire Penguin? Sure. 
But the main thing he'll be known for, I don't know if they'll ever win a Stanley Cup. So maybe maybe he'll be known for that. But right now, I think those odds go way down if Malkin's not on this team next year. He will be known for the GM that sent Evgeny Malkin to another team. And I'll leave you all with that. As we get in here into our last segment of the day, I'm going to get to the qualifying offer situations and why I think the Penguins um, <clears throat> mainly got those right with that. But before I get to that, BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continuous source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Penguins, they decided to um, not qualify a lot of players earlier today. I will load up that tweet right here for you all. So um, we'll start with the ones that they did not qualify. So um, Jordi Bellarvive. Um, Danton Heinen, Nicholas Almari, Cam Lee, Will Riley, Alex Diorio, Justin Almeida, um, and Jean Drozg, uh, Dra- I think is how you pronounce that last name. Honestly, I'm not really surprised by any of these. And most of these players are basically AHL players who are going to go on and get two-way contracts with other teams. I know people were upset that Danton Heinen was not tendered a qualifying offer, and I was at first. And so a couple of people, um, John Tarbett and uh, Jason of Penguins Twitter, uh, told me that um, he had arb rights. And I will admit, I, I totally forgot that he did. I-, I did not think that he had any arb rights at this stage in his career. That is my fault. I'll take the L on that. So then when, then when I thought about it, I'm like, okay, he's coming off almost a 20-goal season. He's going to win that arbitration, arbitration case by a landslide, you know, Josh Hilly of The Athletic reported that I think he was looking at maybe $3 million on a one- or two-year deal or however long they were going to um, try to get him at arbitration. And it's like, yeah, the Penguins, they're not going to pay that. You know, Heinen, for as good as he was last year, does anyone really think he's going to score close to 20 again next year? I, I would say probably not. Um, I would probably only try to pay him – Two to two point two million per three, I think, is a bit much for him. So um, that said, I know he's going to be a UFA once free agency opens, but I do think there is a chance that the Penguins do circle back and they try to resign him because you know the two sides they really weren't close before the qualifying offer deadline was in place. You know, maybe they'll be a lot closer now that he's a UFA and the Penguins can kind of you know do this on their terms instead of Heinen's terms. And then as for Kapanen, I know people are a lot are very mad about that, but at the end of the day, it's 800K, um, and they can also use him as trade bait. Who knows if the Penguins are even going to sign him to a new deal? They can easily just dump him off, you know, for either salary or just in, a, in another deal to get him a fresh start. You know, maybe it's for Yessi Pujarvi, um, who I've talked about a lot um, on this podcast. That you know, that's a total Ken Holland kind of move, but. You know, I'm just, I'm not really going to make a big deal out of it. It was no brainer for the Penguins to do it. I still, at this point, I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. Maybe he will be. I'm, I guess I'm a little concerned 
that the Penguins front office and the coaching staff feels higher about him than I do. But, you know, right now it's 800K. It was a no-brainer, you know, get over it, I think, at this point. You know, as for, again, for these other players, you know, Cam Lee, Nicholas Almari, Jory Bailerviv, you know, these are all just AHL players. They were not going to crack a spot in the Penguins lineup this year. So, you know, maybe they'll bring some of them back on two-year, two-way deals. Now some others will probably just walk to other teams. Um, as for the players, the other players other than Kapanen, who they extended the qualifying offer to, Casper Borquist, who's going overseas, so that doesn't really matter, and then defenseman P.O. Joseph. So he's going to need a new contract. He's That's going to come in um, pretty cheap, I think, in my opinion. Now, I did want to get to a few mailbag questions that some of you all did ask me um, a few days ago, if I can find... Um, this here on the tweets uh, for the show. So that's going to be the end of the show today. Um, Josh Bank goes in the East. Do you see any of the non-playoff teams rising up to capture a playoff spot? In which 22 playoff team is in danger of falling out? Um, great question, Josh. Um, I would say the Islanders have probably the best chance of making the playoffs next year, but also I feel like they have to actually go out and get a score or two. I know they've been linked to JT Miller. I think they're being linked to David Perron now. Um, they need more of an offensive punch up front. I know how good defensively they are. And, you know, I know Barry Trotz is gone, but I think Liam Lambert is going to step in and do a good job. Their defense is fine. And Ilya Sorokin, I think, is slowly starting to become one of the best goaltenders in hockey. So I would say the Islanders for that one. And then in terms of which 22 playoff team is in danger of falling out, I'm not sure if you meant, you know, East or West, uh, 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 East or West specifically, but I guess we're just going to do the whole thing here. Um, you know, that, that that's a good question, to be honest with you. Um, part of me kind of says Dallas, but, you know, Peter DeBoer usually gets good results with his teams at least, at least in year one, so I might leave them in. Though, if the Flames do let Johnny Goudreau walk, I might say the Flames because, you know, you have over 100 points of offense to replace there. Good freaking luck replacing that. You know, that, that, that that's all I'm going to say, um, I think, on that. And... Um, Brendan asked me, how do you feel about Nylander, Pustinen, and Poulin making a regular third line spot? Honestly, Brendan, I don't see that happening next year. Um, I, I like Pustinen and I want to see what he has at the initial level, but I don't think he's ready for a third line role. Sam Poulin needs to show me a little bit more in Wilkes-Barre, in my opinion, Alex Nylander. I think he's mainly an AHL guy at this point, but you know, maybe he could show the Penguins something in training camp once that rolls uh, rolls around in September, but I don't think any of them will be pushing for a third-line spot, in my opinion. Um, and Alan Teodor says, which Eastern Conference team will be the most entertaining, not not in this team as fun to watch, but, but on and off the ice? Oh, that's going to be Philadelphia. Oh, 100%, Alan. I mean, John Tortorella, Tony D'Angelo being there, Chuck Fletcher is just you know throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks. That is going to be hilarious to watch on and off the ice. And I'm glad you do say the Flyers as well. Um, I hundred percent agree with you there. That is going to be probably the funniest soap opera of all time there. And um, Edward Oles says, could you give a quick explanation how the draft works? How many years a team has to sign the guy, what leagues we draft from and how the, the how um, the rules differ. Um, yeah. Edward, I, I don't have all the answers myself, but you know, there's, you know, plenty of leagues that you can draft players from, you know, all the Russian leagues, you know, the other European leagues, the USHL, for instance. 
um, you know, the Canadian Hockey League, you know, all, all these other le- all, just basically any professional hockey league out there um, that has initial ready players, you know, they, they basically can draft from. Um, you know, as for how many years a team has to sign a guy, um, I think it's, I think it's at least two, if I'm not mistaken. And then you obviously have them under your control for you know however long, you know, three year entry level contract, four year entry level. But usually, I think most of them sign um, to three year entry level deal, every entry level deals. Excuse me. Um, and then you said how the rules differ players to go to the NHL. Yeah, honestly, Edward, most of the players that are drafted in the NHL draft, they do not go to the NHL their first year. You know, they play on their junior teams. They go back to college uh, before they turn pro. So, yeah, they, they some of these players, they can sign, honestly, whenever they want, especially if they go to, back to college and play on their college teams. After that, once they want to turn pro, you know, then here comes your entry-level deal. Um, but you know, the only players that really usually make their debut, um, it's, you know, some of the guys in the top five, the top 10, sometimes there's guys below them that make their debut, but other times, you know, they start in the AHL, they start in their junior teams, um, and all this other stuff. So, you know, unless you're like, again, a top three to top five, maybe top 10 pick, um, chances are you're not going to be starting in the NHL your first year. It's not like the NFL where you're making like every rookie is almost like making or every first round pick is expected to make like a massive impact or, you know, the NBA or, or something like that. It's kind of like baseball where, you know, a lot of those first round picks, they have to be developed in the minors um, and all that. So that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I know there's a lot to get to today, um, but, you know, I'm I'm not – Closed off to Malkin leaving yet, but it's definitely not looking good right now. Maybe he has a change of heart. He'll go like a full NFL player and be like, you know, well, maybe he decided to go back to Pittsburgh after all. But right now, it's not looking good. And again, I'm not confident that Ron Hextall is going to have a better team going into next year if Evgeny Malkin is not on it. Um, that's that's why I'm going to leave for that. So again, I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back on Tuesday. Josh Yoey of The Athletic is going to join the show. You don't want to miss that. We're going to get into all of the Evgeny Malkin stuff. Ask him about maybe JT Miller, Vincent Trocek, their free, all their free agency plans, and of course, potential trade options as, you know, I think they do want to dump some salary um, before um, the UFA window opens at noon Eastern on Wednesday. So look for that. That's going to be dropping probably around 4 or 5 o'clock um, uh, p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Monday, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday.